0: This is the Food About Town podcast. My name is Chris Lindstrom, and I'm your host. First off, I'd like to thank everybody who came to the Rock This Podcast event, which was hosted at the Democrat and Chronicle's new building this last week. Uh, It was an event that was highlighting three different podcasts, uh, Finding Tammy Joe from WXXI and the DNC, uh, the Over Dinner podcast, which is recorded at the Food About Town studio, and the Benchwarmers podcast, which is about life as a graduate student, in the sciences, and I was happy enough to be part of that panel, had a great time, talked to a lot of cool people. So if I met you there or if you're listening for the first time, welcome. You're listening to episode 47 of the Food About Town podcast, where I talked to Brian Antenor and Jamie Hall from the Shore Restaurant, which is part of the Inn and the Lake on Canandaigua. They have a beautiful waterfront location there, and I learned a lot about the restaurant uh, from both of them. Having never been there before, uh, they just revamped the whole program using a lot of local ingredients. And we, we also talked about how to serve people properly. I butchered the term prefix. I said prefee, and nobody corrected me. So um, if you find that as amusing as I do, uh, make sure to reach out on social media. And if you like this episode, please share it out to all your friends. Thanks for listening. Starting to progress into spring over here. My grass is getting way too long. I have to go out with the lawnmower and actually trim it. But I'm here with a couple people from, um, and it, it's it, this is interesting. I haven't talked to people who operate a food product, uh, food thing in a hotel before. But this is um, I've got two people here from the shore, which is part of uh, which hotel, Brian?
1: Well, we're part of the Inn on
0: the Lake. Okay. Which is uh, I'll just let's just get that oh, in okay. right up front. Yeah. Where 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 is where is the inn on the lake?
1: The inn uh, on the Island lake. We uh, we're, we're, we we situ- We're situated on the north shore of Canandaigua Lake.
0: Okay, and let's introduce people. So, Brian, please introduce yourself.
1: Oh. Uh, Chris, uh, again, th- thanks for <laughs> thanks for having us on the show. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm uh, Brian Ansnor again with the Inn on the Lake. And uh, what's your role
0: over there? I am the director of food and beverage. Ah, the director of food and beverage. And
2: uh, my name is Jamie Hall, and I am the restaurant manager at The Shore.
0: Beautiful. So, before we started, we were talking about my cable mess on my table. And Brian was talking about um, some of the live music they were doing there and the takedown and the build up. I mean, with new, new bands and stuff coming in, it has to be kind of a crazy thing.
1: Yeah, to watch these guys come in and set it up—that's uh, th- why I was asking you whether you uh, un- unplug and take this, uh, take this setup on the road.
0: Uh, <sighs> yeah, th- thankfully no. It's—I I just look at the top of my table and I'm like, boy, I wish I knew how to do this better. I've got zip ties everywhere and cable bundles all over the place. I'm just lucky like, hey, I don't trip every time I come behind the microphone. <laughs> 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 but yeah, when when I see those things go on with all those speaker setups and all the cables, I'm consistently impressed that they can actually make it work every time out.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, I think they've got it down to like muscle memory now where they just, you know, they, I think they can probably set up and break down in their sleep now. Um, and I imagine they have some late nights
0: in which, which which
1: you know, these are these are musicians, so it's yeah, like, you know, it's late nights after uh probably after a few drinks and uh <laughs> You know, probably the, uh, the the breakdown probably doesn't go as smooth as setup.
0: No, luckily breakdowns a lot easier. Just yank and throw <laughs> into buckets and hope it comes together the next day. Oh, so I'm just gonna start off with Kanagawa. I don't know a ton about it. I've spent a little bit of time there, gone to a couple restaurants, but it's never been my scene. Um, you know, I've been sticking mostly to the city, mostly to exploring what's around here. They haven't spent a ton of time in the Finger Lakes yet, which is kind of embarrassing with how close we are, and not a ton of time in Canandaigua. So, what's what was interesting about going into the Canandaigua area for you? Yeah, well,
1: Chris, like you, um, I, I've well, I, I'm uh, I was brought up in Rochester. Uh, I grew up in Iroquois and. Uh, you know i, I would uh, venture into the finger Lakes on occasion, but really haven't spent much time uh, up until now and um uh, i I started at the inn last summer and believe it or not during the summer which which is our which is our crazy time <clears throat> uh, believe- believe it or not, I had a chance to uh, find some time to go around the Finger Lakes a little bit and, and really take more of an in-depth look at, at, uh, some different restaurants and, um, a few wineries and, and really getting a, a, a taste of the area and, and and really getting an understanding of what the Finger Lakes is to, to, uh, you know, you you know, I'm going to say to anyone who, uh, is thinking about taking a trip into the Finger Lakes, um, you know Jamie having been brought up in the finger lakes she she's got a a, a a whole different perspective on on what it is uh, i mean that that's that's you know that's that's been her backyard
0: growing up well that's interesting i'd like to hear a little bit about that which uh, which town did you grow up in the uh, finger lakes
2: i actually grew up at the south end of canandaigua lake okay. in a town called naples so Very small, very picturesque, uh, Purple Fire hydrants, quaint as can be. Um, I've, you know,
0: I've been to Naples. (laughs) I was, um, the last time I talked about Naples on the podcast, I was complaining about the Grape Festival.
2: Ah, yes. Uh, as a local, I complained about it myself. Um, but it is actually, I'd moved away a long time ago and recently come back and, uh, it's definitely more well-organized, better structured and, uh, a little bit more under control. So I think it's really the vendors have improved and it's sort of representative of a lot of things that are happening in the Finger Lakes. They're acknowledging the tourism that can happen there and they're really trying to bring that into the area, do things better, put a little bit more work into stuff. Um, So it's more than just a hometown favorite now.
0: Yeah, and also its I think it's important, with, especially with those festivals, when you get so much attention, is how, how do you present your most authentic self because it's easy to just look at it as another street fair with you know kettle corn vendors and pies and everything else uh, you know how do you get how do you get the spirit of Naples into that craziness with all the cars and Absolutely. The, the mass of people it's, uh,
2: local restaurants are definitely a big part of it uh, local musicians like what we've been doing at the shore um, and just really trying to uh, put your best foot forward. Everybody in town kind of gets ready for it. And I would say that Canandaigua is in the process of doing the same thing for the upcoming season. Uh, Everybody's sort of excited. The lake's starting to get warm. You see boats out now and everybody's just, there's a tingle in the air.
0: Yeah, I was going to say growing up in that area, Canandaigua is sort of known as being a seasonal town in a lot of ways. Well, we've got um, something for every season.
2: Yeah, or skiing I mean, in the winter, or ice fishing when the lake freezes over.
0: Sure, and I imagine living there, you know, growing up there, you kind of have to embrace that. Absolutely. Or else you're <laughs> kind of kind of lost without all the other stuff.
2: Absolutely, winter sports are definitely a thing if you live in that area. You find something to do every every day of the year.
0: Yeah, so when we're talking about Canandaigua, it is you're so close to the wine region. You're so close to all the other stuff. Um, As Brian was mentioning, you know, going out to explore what's out there. um, Where, where did you come from? You, you said you left and came back. Where, where did you go to?
2: I had gone to the Hudson Valley. I actually attended culinary school Um, down there. I went to the Culinary Institute of America in Poughkeepsie.
0: Okay. So, I mean, that's, you know, pretty well-renowned location of the Culinary Institute coming back what was the thing that impressed you most about what the Finger Lakes was doing? From somebody who was there, and you know, I know when I was a kid, I kind of took where I was for granted.
2: Oh, absolutely! What what, uh, what
0: what 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 struck you coming back to the Finger Lakes area, Finger uh, Lakes, area?
2: I would say just the general change in presence of local product Um, we've got farms are really coming into their own there's more breweries and wineries than I remember Um, a lot of the local eateries a lot less chain restaurants and a lot more uh, local mom and pop places that are making it and that's a nice change of pace people from the area making the area better
0: yeah and that that makes a big impression on me when I look at when I look at the modern restaurant scene whether it's Finger Lakes whether it's Rochester I see local sourcing you know, I see, you know, thoughtfulness trying to put some seasonality on the menu. Um, so I, I did take a look at the menu and, you know, just putting it up front, I haven't been out to the, I haven't been out there yet. I, I Again, I don't spend a ton, ton of time, but part of my agenda this summer is to get to places like like the Shore, get out to the Finger Lakes, get through, most, through more places and try to really experience what we have to offer. But I did take a look at the menu and I'm seeing the first thing i saw is fisher hill farms which i really appreciate i i love dealing with them every time i go to the public market on a saturday i see i see the you know the little daughter sitting out there being all cute and, and i love their products and i see your guys are carrying their eggs which i Absolutely. mean brian that's that's a yeah. great product
1: yeah that's uh i mean that that's really been our focus with the menu we've um w- w- earlier this year we uh we made it change with the chef we brought in a uh, uh uh dan hickson our our chef and and dan's really uh you know p- prior to dan coming on board uh we, we had a lot of conversations and and really uh trying to get to know each other and really having an understanding of, of dan's approach to uh his food and and his menu and uh like like i said having a, a, an opportunity to to experience the Finger Lakes and get a feel of of what it is that that you know that that you're looking for coming into the Finger Lakes is is as a consumer as a diner. Uh, it, it doesn't matter whether you're 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 coming in to uh, to to go to a restaurant. If you're coming in to to grab some food, you're coming in to sample some wines or or all the new microbreweries and and spirits that is now happening in the Finger Lakes uh you you are you're, you're there to to sample what's in what's in the backyard yeah and that's that's uh, that's uh, that is our approach i mean we are uh um sourcing as much local as we possibly can uh you know now this is this is the time of year that things are starting to happen
0: it's an exciting time of year i mean yeah. we're finally getting greenery i mean i've got some ramps in my fridge i'm excited for Asparagus to start popping locally soon. You know, you can get asparagus, but when we start to get those, you know, spring peas and asparagus, it's just, it's just the most exciting food of the year, at least for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, was Dan and I were having a conversation about this just a few weeks ago. Um, b- both being in the Rochester, prior, being in the Rochester market and the restaurants at which we were in. In the Rochester market, the off season is is in the summertime, right? Where now the the height of our season is is all summer long. So, so we, you know, it's a little depressing being in the city this time of year because everything is 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 very locally is very abundant, and, and and you don't have, you know, the, the people coming through the doors to, to, uh, uh, in a sense, you know, to taste what, what New York has to offer, right? Because
0: everybody's Going out to Cannon because everyone's, <laughs> <so>, everyone's going to everyone's going to the lake, yeah. right? Everybody wants to be near the water, yeah. And so you guys, you guys are right on the water, pretty close, right?
1: Oh, I mean, we're we're right on the water. Yeah. You're right
0: on the water. You yeah. could
2: literally throw a stone.
1: Which yeah. is, I
0: mean, there's there's something special about sitting out next to the water on a beautiful day. And now this isn't me. I'm just speaking from the romantic side of things. Drinking a glass of wine because I never order wine at a restaurant because <laughs> I'm a terrible, terrible person. Um, <laughs> and actually, I kind of want to make a diversion onto that. So, you guys are running a running a restaurant right on right on close to the Finger Wakes. When we're talking about wine, what are you guys doing to you know embrace what the Finger Wakes has to offer? Um, I had uh, a gentleman on, uh, Michael Warren Thomas, who is a bit of a Finger Lakes wine evangelist. And he had put this thing forward about, you know, embracing what we have around us, making sure we find what's good, find what's great, and highlighting it. Um, How are you guys working with, you know, local wineries to, you know, put stuff on the list? And how does that balance work? Because I know people have certain expectations for wine as well.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's, um,. you know, we, we we're, we're constantly asked, you know, w- what is our New York wine selection? Uh, what's, what's coming in the area? You know, how many, uh, how many different choices do we have by the bottle, by the glass? And, um, it, it, it's, it's something that, uh, it's something we're definitely building on. Uh, I, I think like most places our wine program really revolves around what we're serving by the glass. Uh but believe it or not, Chris, uh, most people but the 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 average diner will come in and they, they you know, they'll get five glasses of wine uh, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, as opposed to getting a bottle. Right. Uh so so we try and focus in a little more what's what's happening in our by the glass program. Mm. We um uh you We do have relationships with some local wineries, uh, pointing out like Heron Heron Hill is, is, a is, I'm going to say, uh, one of the, the closer relationships that we have, uh, Eric down there at Heron Hill, he, um, he's constantly extending his services to us. Uh, he, he's, uh, I'm going to say very, uh, active in our wine program. He's, he's, uh, uh, Really looking to educate our our servers, and really educate them in the sense of of pointing out the differences of of what makes you know local New York wines unique and and their flavor profiles and and, and how it differs how it's different from other areas of the country.
0: Hmm. So I'm going to ask this question. It's a little more generic. So. Jamie, do you have a wine that you really love right now that that you guys are serving? I always I like asking that question because it's it's kind of a personal thing. People have such individual tastes, Um, and I'm always I'm trying to learn more about wine as I proceed through my culinary journeys. Um, And it's something I haven't fully embraced yet because it's never my go-to. So, is there one that's really striking you right now?
2: Absolutely. Um, I would say that. In general, I'm a huge fan of any time we feature um a Austrian or German grape that's being grown in the finger lakes. I think the terroirs match really well. And so the grapes grow really true to form. Um, and a good example of that is actually uh, the semi dry Riesling that we serve uh, from Dr. Frank's.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's a classic at this point. Exactly. It's, and rightfully so, because it's it really is a well balanced it's a well balanced product, has good acidity. I hate the, you know, the, the characteristic that most people, not necessarily in the industry, because a lot of industry people really appreciate what the Finger Lakes is doing right now with wine. But, you know, the general general thought is that you're talking sweet. You know, you got a lot of sweet Rieslings. If you look at Niagara, you got a lot of sweet reds. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's a great point in, that's kind of what they're trying to get away from.
2: Yeah, and we help showcase that. We actually offer a Riesling flight that is um, three changing glasses of Riesling, always local. Um, and that allows us to sort of highlight a different um, three different points on that Riesling flavor profile. So you get a little bit of the sweet as well as into the dries. And I think that that helps showcase some of what the Finger Lakes area can do.
0: No, it's really interesting. It's a good idea, too. And the way I've learned most about whatever it is, whether it's coffee or bourbon or wine at that is tasting things side by side because you have one and you can just say oh it tastes like wine
2: yep absolutely um,
0: and then you know when you taste them next to next to each other you, know, you get a lot of those little intricacies saying oh this one really has you know this one's got some lemon acidity and this one's got much more rounded fruit flavors or whatever
2: right exactly we do the same sort of program with beer as well our draft beers, we offer a sampling flight of that, so that helps us uh, showcase some of the local beers and breweries that are happening.
0: Yeah. So, Brian, you. Yeah. Plus,
1: plus, Chris, things always taste better when you're sitting right next to it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, when, when
1: you're when you're going in the Finger Lakes and you're drinking some Finger Lake wines, yeah. I, I mean that like, they just they just taste better when you're sitting in the Finger Lakes. Sure. It, it's just uh, uh, the 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 setting, you know, especially at the shore where you know, we, we've we got such a unique setting where we are literally right on the lake and, uh, you know, there's, there's something about, you know, uh, sipping on a glass of, of local wine sitting on the lake. that just, it, it's uh, on, on a beautiful day. It's just, it, it tastes, you know, it's colder, it's crisper. It just, it tastes better. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The <laughs> reminds me of the, the Coors Light commercials a little bit. The coldest beer, the coldest <laughs> tasting beer. That one always drove me crazy. I'm like, yeah, I can put any beer in the fridge and it tastes cold. <laughs> oh, I hate it. Oh, <laughs> that's just me being annoying. Um, so, you, so Brian, you mentioned um, your chef Dan Hickson. Um, where, where was he beforehand? I mean, it seems like he'd worked in a few uh, local restaurants, and yeah, pr- uh, prior to coming to the end, Dan
1: was at. Uh, Lento in okay. the Village Gate, where uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with Lento. Uh, Lento has uh, uh, is one of uh, Rochester's restaurants that really uh, showcases New York State products, and and that's that's been Lento's um, that, that 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 that's been their um, <coughs> their focus is 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 one hundred percent. New York State products. yeah, as much as possible, yeah.
0: You know, obviously some things can't be if you're dealing with seafood or whatever else, but still, I mean, such it is such a focus there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so for Dan to come over into the come over to the shore and and in a sense really. Uh, I'm not going to say take the same concept, but, you know, the same focus and, and, and I'm going to say it was, it was easy for him because he already had those relationships set up with, with the different farmers and the vendors and, and uh, he, he was able to really, uh, I'm going to say, uh, take, take that and run with it very quickly for us.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. So you're operating a restaurant inside of a hotel that has its own challenges compared to opening a, you know, not opening, but so when this when you guys came on, this was a upgrade, a concept change, or was this a full yeah. change build out?
1: No, no, you're you're right. Uh, operating within a hotel is 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 very challenging because we were just now starting to i'm gonna say make some separation from the hotel you know, you know most uh most hotel restaurants have that perception of you know it's it's hotel food it's 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 just it's something that is more of an amenity to the hotel
0: right a very staid menu you know very very straightforward very i don't I don't want to use pro the word approachable but it's for lack of a better term it's boring and it's very safe
1: right right. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, so we're we're really working hard to uh, break down that that uh, that perception. uh, You know, we still um, we still, in a sense, we still cater to a lot of our hotel guests, especially in the off season. Uh, In season, I mean, we we've got. uh, I mean, last summer, I mean, I, I talked to thousands of people from all over. And uh, and as well as the the, the as well as I'm going to say the the local support the local community coming in uh, a lot of people from Rochester there there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of people that have summer homes on the lake and and you know in a couple of weeks once uh once Memorial Day weekend hits uh, a lot of Rochesterians are. <laughs> Packing up, the, uh, packing up the car, moving to the lake for the summer.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they're all very excited, and I'll be watching them drive away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so as a restaurant manager, Jamie, you're, you're dealing with multiple different fronts, I'm assuming, because you've got guests in the hotel, you've got people coming in from out of town. Absolutely. Um, how does that balance strike you from a, making sure everybody's happy?
2: Um, I think in a lot of ways, it's nice to have a captive audience. Um, You know that there's going to be people around, even if it's snowy out. Um, And I think that there's something really great about having uh, lots of locals, people you know every day, you know all about them, you know their friends, their family, and people who this is a totally new experience for them. So there's lots to talk about and brag about, and uh, it's nice to watch people be excited about something you care about so much. Hotel guests are there for a reason, and usually it's a celebration. And it's fun to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, because it's it's great to add something to their experience instead of being that backup option, like, so my day job isn't food, but you know, when I've traveled for business or if I end up in a hotel somewhere so many times, it's oh I'm desperate. I just need something to eat. And To have something that you're excited about in your home base makes your wife that much easier and that much better, especially when you can enjoy it on the water, which I'm sure is kind (laughs) of nice.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, for a lot of hotel guests, when they come in, you know, when they're coming in for dinner at night, you know, we're we're their evening plans. Yeah. They're in no hurry. Uh, Yeah. You know, they they just want to sit back, relax, and, you know, enjoy the views of the lake.
0: Which certainly not a bad thing to do. Um, let's go into a little bit so so Brian, you you've worked at a lot of different places over your career. How did you start in food? Why why would you why did you end up going into cooking as a profession? 'Cause you you were a chef before you're now yeah, yeah. running the food program.
1: Uh you, you 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 know, I I get asked this question a lot and I I always say that uh I I got into cooking out of uh self defense at, at a very young age. Yeah. Yeah, my uh my my parents uh I it I I really uh hate to say this but my parents were were lousy cooks. <laughs> and uh uh and cooking to them was was a chore. And when something's a chore as you know it's it's it, it's um it, it, it's painful and and you know for them to prepare food for for myself and my brothers. um the, the, <clears throat> It um uh I I it, it was almost out of I'm gonna say uh
0: uh that kind necessity. of obligation is what you're talking well, about. Well,
1: well, well, at one point my I, th- I believe my parents just stopped cooking altogether. Yeah, so, so it was either cooking survive or or, or, <laughs> or, or, or
0: don't. yeah yeah there's uh there's definitely you know necessity is the mother of invention in a lot of ways
1: so uh um so so I gr- I grew up with three brothers and and ironically three of us pursued uh culinary arts three of us went to uh, culinary school and kind of you know being at that young age we were we were competitive just you know around each other and we you know we saw making food as as another it's just another way to be competitive with one another so so we were trying to outdo one another with with with, with, uh with our nightly meal
0: oh that's fantastic see that it definitely pushes you to try different things um i definitely find myself doing that when i'm when i have the time like i'm always trying to make that new recipe, trying to do that new technique, um, buying that new piece of technology. Um, you know, it's, it's a fun way to do it because there's always something new to try, always something new to learn. Um, it's such a wide field. I can see why people are intrigued by it.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, for me, uh, I, I really, I, I think I latched onto it pretty quickly. I really uh, enjoyed being around I enjoyed being around the food i I loved the uh the fast pace of the kitchen um t- to me cooking in a lot of ways is is just as much sport as it is about the food there's um <clears throat> uh, especially when when you're cooking at a, at a in a i'm going say at a, at a higher level it's in a, in a sense you're 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 you know like an athlete in the sense that there's a lot of training and conditioning that goes into it, uh, as well as uh natural ability a, a talent and and uh and good taste
0: sure well there's also <laughs> <laughs> good taste helps yeah. uh, but you're you've got a team and in a lot of ways you're competing against competing against the customers every night, trying to get everything out trying to keep the keep the levels high i mean there, there really are a lot of great comparisons um and from all the chefs i've talked to it that intensity' is kind of a Kind of an addictive thing. Oh, Jamie's yeah. nodding her head over there. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> it, it,
1: it's a it, it's a race. You're always racing the clock, Chris. It, it's from the moment you start your day, you're, you're 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 racing the clock. It's it's um uh you you're racing to get prepared and ready to go for the service, and then once the service happens, um. God, you, you, you never know what service will bring. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: you kind of have to be open to anything, I'd yeah, imagine.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, you, you know, even in the shore, we, um, uh, you know, because we were within the hotel and we've got a lot of local support, and we've got people coming in from all over, you know, we've, we, our, our kitchen gets challenged. I mean, we've get a lot of requests and, and we do our best to to you know fulfill everyone's request and 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 uh you know really you know make 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 dreams come true if you will
0: yeah and it's it's a difficult thing nowadays there's so many there's so many people with either dietary restrictions or dietary preferences um so how how do you see that Jamie in a creativity sense you know you're you're satisfying the customers and that's that's the first obviously the first goal
2: Absolutely. You know, how, how
0: do you maintain that creativity and with, with you know, keeping, keeping everybody happy at the same time?
2: I think there's something to be said for the fact that while it's a lot of rote memory and there's a lot of um, things that happen every day and you just get into the groove of them, there's something different that happens every day. Um, every guest has a different set of needs, a different set of expectations, and to be able to pull that off uh, on a daily basis, is a creative mental exercise on itself. Yeah. Um, finding a way to accommodate a guest when you have none of the things that they would like um, is an interesting <laughs> challenge. And no, it's, none of the things. It's deeply gratifying when you manage to to do it. When you make somebody's day. Right. Um. You, you can make or break an evening for somebody, and that's a really important thing to remember. That we're we're influencing somebody's date night or they're one night away from their very exhausting lives uh the night before their wedding maybe that's a huge thing to be a part of yeah and to be a part of that many people's huge something is a big undertaking it's exciting
0: yeah. so what let, let's talk about service for a second um service is one of those things that's hard to pin down at least personally for me uh it's something that i know a lot of people don't notice unless they're really paying attention or if it's terrible or <laughs> yeah. phenomenal sometimes it's hard to see that middle ground of where where does good service start and where does great service begin um so you're as restaurant manager i'm assuming you're taking care of a lot of service things absolutely so for you how does what do you what do you see service as at you know at the restaurant
2: i think the most important thing for service is uh, a sense that it's genuine that the person who is serving you that day really wants to be doing that job, that they're happy to be a part of your evening, uh, that they're happy to be serving the food that they're serving, and that they like the people that they're doing it with. Uh, No amount of training or pay can compensate for that. Um, So we work really hard to make sure that we as a group are excited to be doing our jobs.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely one of the more challenging things because I think, at least for me, when I go to a restaurant and I feel I've gotten the best service is when they read. You can watch them go to the different tables and read what that table wants. Absolutely. You know, when, and that's it's, a
2: big challenge at the end. We've got people there for business meetings and people there to enjoy their anniversary. People who are on the move and need to get to a concert at the uh, local... Uh, show. So there's a lot of different people with a lot of different needs. And it's a careful balance. Our servers do a good job at getting to know every every guest.
0: Yeah. And that's I, I the the ones I always remember are the ones that either realize that I'm I'm a pain in the ass, I'm asking a lot of questions and I want detailed answers. Or that I'm trying to relax and I want, you know, I want somebody to joke around a little bit and give me not entertainment, but, you know, play it a little lighter. Because sometimes I want to be inundated with facts and i'm asking hey where is the steak from where where are you getting your your greens from and i'll be that guy and, <laughs> and yeah, yeah and some days if it's me and the wife going on i i don't want to know i don't i don't care to know that day
1: sure you know i could say uh jamie's faced with uh probably one of the more uh challenging aspects of of the restaurant is is definitely putting together the the service team and and uh, you know as you know chris we um we're seasonal being in Canandaigua, so our staff is you know we we you know this time of year we're we're starting to build on the staff and and it almost uh it it, it literally uh doubles while we're in season so so we got a lot of, wow. we got a lot of fresh faces coming uh, in into the restaurant every summer. Uh you, you know, even you know from, from Dan's uh back in the kitchen, he's he's got a uh a team that he's putting together. And and we do get a lot of return uh, uh employees coming back for the season. Uh but, but uh we do have a lot of new faces. And to and to get everybody uh, I'm gonna say up and running uh, service kitchen wise all on the uh, same up page. And ready yeah, you going on the same page. Yeah, uh, to to get everyone going down that that same road uh, quickly is, uh, is 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 by far our biggest challenge.
0: I would imagine. I mean, that's when you're trying to ramp everybody up. Um, if they, especially if they haven't been there before, right at the start when everything's kicking, you have very little time to do so. So kind it, of is it yeah. kind of a kind of a You know, give them them the treats and then give them the stick kind of thing? Or is it just a constant education process?
2: Uh, I think even with servers who have been there for years past, um, very experienced servers who this is their first time, it's always a learning experience because the menu is always changing, the wines are always changing, and the guests are always changing. So there is definitely an experience every single day that is unlike any other experience I've had on any other day. So (laughs) it's always a learning experience.
0: Well, I suppose that's good, too, because, I mean, it's, you know... With what you 're doing because you have your captive audience, you know you 're going to get so many more different things happening, um, which is why when I saw that you guys are also doing a um, doing a different bar program now, was that a completely new thing at the hotel or was it just a complete renovation of what it was
1: yeah we uh, this is something that that we that that we built uh, uh, we, we've really focused it on. You know, starting at, you know, in the, in the lounge bar, our draft beers. Uh, we really focused in on bringing in some great uh, craft breweries. I mean, there, there's a lot of great ones in the area, so so it's, it's easy for us to to um to really showcase what's happening in the Finger Lakes.
0: Yes, yeah, so just, much diversity
1: just in the draft beers. Um, you know, behind the bar, the the spirits back there. There, there's a lot of you know, as you know, Chris, there's there's a lot I mean, every you know, it seems like every year there's there's more and more distilleries popping up around here.
0: Yeah, I mean the Finger Wakes has got a bunch. Uh Rochester is coming up fast. Even I mean, if you look to Buffalo, some great products coming out of Buffalo right now. Um and it's fascinating how local you can keep it. Um obviously there's tons of things that you can't. There's such unique flavors that you can't duplicate quite yet. But being able to do some of those local things is kind of cool,
1: right? Right, and, and we—I'm um, going to say we—you uh, we, know—we wrap our arms around all of that. I mean, we really try and grab the great local products, but you know, again, like you said, you—you you know, we we can't do everything in mm-hmm. our backyard. So, uh, so, so so we uh, uh, we don't we don't also limit ourselves to um, to the local products. You know, especially you know, looking at our menu. You know, have had a lot of conversations about um, sourcing local ingredients, and you know, as you know, in in the off season, in the winter time uh, around here, unfortunately, our, our growing season is just so short. You know, we. Um, you know, in a sense, being in the Finger Lakes, we are the the Napa Valley of New York. You know, we're we're wine country. This is Absolutely. where everything's growing. And you know, this again, this time of year, it's very exciting because everything is very abundant. in uh, In the, the winter time, you know, we we still try and focus in on on local as as much as possible. Uh, of course, behind the bar, it's easier to do than than in the kitchen. A
0: little bit easier. You yeah. can be. a little... <laughs> You, it's a little easier to store a bottle of vodka over the winter than it is um all the apples and greens and everything else
1: yeah yeah it, and uh you, you know dan coming in, in in january this this season here you know i know J- Dan has plans to uh um yeah I, i'm not gonna say turn our winter menu into uh uh uh, an abundance of of pickled and 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 uh, preserved and sure, uh, but but we're definitely going to do some of that and, and take a look at you know what's good this growing season and and, uh, and work those ingredients you know uh, uh, make them last through the winter and work some of those ingredients throughout the menu during yeah. the off season. I mean,
0: embracing the abundance we do have. I mean, towards the end of the season, there's more tomatoes than anybody can eat, and yeah. how, how do you how do you take that abundance? Or, you know, at the end of uh, the end of ramp season. You know, at the beginning people are so excited about ramps. Yeah. And in four weeks people are sick of them. And there's more than you more than you can pick than people want to buy. How do you you know, how do you balance all that? And I think that's the biggest challenge for somebody like somebody like Dan, not having met him, but how do you embrace those ingredients? How do you pickle? How do you jar? How do you can whatever? and be able to serve a tomato in the winter in a sauce that's a local grown tomato. And how do you balance that with everything else? I mean yeah. that's that's the hard part.
1: Yeah, it, it it's it's definitely challenging. I I mean uh you know just having the space to put everything and um You know, like you mentioned the ramps, you know, once, once the, the ramps come up and everyone's getting excited and everyone wants to make pesto and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, to take the bottoms and pickle them and, and, you know, to put put them on a shelf and just put them away. And, and then, you know, come November, December, you're pulling out a jar of, you know, pickled ramps. Yeah. And it's, uh. You know, you're getting excited about it again. Oh, absolutely! It's you know, just, just like the beginning of the season when when you're making the pesto.
0: Yeah. So I want to pivot back to the to the you know changing what the bar program is. Um, you know this this week uh, this this will be coming out on Friday, in the heart of the Rochester Cocktail Revival Week. Um, you know the cocktail scene is pretty. It's getting pretty um, intense here in Rochester. There's a lot of a lot of high end stuff. A lot of embracing of the classics too. Um, the, the more I get into it, the more you see the value of just something simplicity executed really well. Um, I'm assuming you guys, you know, I, I didn't see a, a cocktail menu on the website necessarily. Assuming you do sort of a cross between the classics and then some creativity as well.
2: Absolutely. Uh, we have, I mean, we have a dirty shore martini cause you have to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we do great Bloody Marys, things like that on Sundays. Um, but per- I think there's perfect a, hotel
0: drinks, absolutely,
2: absolutely. Um, but I think sort of nationwide and culturally, there's this shift from like sort of garden to glass, where people are looking to see uh, fresh muddled mint, and they want those herbs and berries and things to be local. And we luck out in the Finger Lakes that those things are so abundant; it's easy to make a great cocktail when those berries were picked yesterday. You're not right. trying to figure out how to coax something out of nothing.
0: Yeah, and I think it makes uh, makes a consumer happy when they, you know, if you're ordering a fruity drink, you can actually taste the fruit. I mean, it's it's one of those more depressing things. I don't like to harp on it too much, but you buy a strawberry in the middle of January and it tastes like styrofoam. And it's just so depressing compared to a strawberry that you can have in the middle of the summer where it's just falling apart with juiciness, and it tastes like a strawberry. Sure, I mean, what what wouldn't be better than you know sitting with a fruity drink with real fruit flavor and relaxing? I mean, that's that sounds pretty good. Even though I don't drink fruity drinks very much, <laughs> <laughs> I was telling them earlier about my new my new go to cocktail the chartreuse and mezcal and lime and all sorts of intensity. Uh, not really what most people want to drink. Although well, I'm sure I'm sure you get some pretty intense drink drink uh, offerings there, too. Yeah,
2: we I mean, with the offering a full bar to the number of people that we have, we have to be able to do pretty much anything anybody requests. So that is your your classic drinks, as well as some of the unique twists. I, I mean, I've heard people ask for all sorts of things <laughs> and I have. Seeing people make i mean they teach us things, which is a nice thing. You learn about different regional cocktails you people make requests for different types of bitters or sodas, and you get to learn something when guests make those sorts of drink requests
0: yeah, and there's so many different modifications you can do too. you know one drink becomes ten with you know a spirit substitution, and with Google as your best friend, you can find out about all these fantastic drinks and really be a well and you don't have to know everything in your head.
2: No, I think as long as you have a trained bartender who understands proportions and the the basic skill sets, uh, you can make anything as long as somebody tells you what's in it. Yeah, um, it's similar to cooking that way. Sauteing is sauteing. So if you know how to saute, <laughs> it doesn't matter what what you've been given. That's what you're doing is sauteing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what I what I usually like to do um, towards towards the end of the podcast is to Talk about some of the interesting places, other than where you work, around the areas where you are, um, whether it's either places you, you know, place in Rochester, place around where you live, that are exciting to you right now and what's, you know, what you're kind of embracing around in the community. So since we just finished off with you, Jamie, I'll start with you. Um, what are some of the places that you've either been to recently or some of your favorites that really are uh, really striking you right now?
2: Uh, I think probably my most favorite is uh, a personal favorite, a beloved favorite, and uh, that would be Roots Cafe in Naples. I've heard a lot um, of good
0: things about that place.
2: It is uh, it is one of the best. Uh, the owner, Amanda Gorton, is a Naples local. Her kids went to high school there. Uh, it's uh, situated on the property at Inspiremore Winery. So it's sort of a double whammy. Okay. Um, and, you know, you can see the produce being grown in the back. Uh, Squash Blossom Farms is a major purveyor for them, and they grow right behind. Um, the head bartender is a young lady who actually works for Squash Blossom. So they, that. <laughs> they are they are exactly who they claim to be. Uh, funky vibe, local music at least once a weekend. Um, and, a a general energy and just the food is phenomenal. It's, it's safe and it's different, but it's, it's the, it's one of the best.
0: Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I've only heard good things about that from my friends who do, I'd say more exploring than I have. Um, and I definitely, that's on my short list of places to get to this summer. Um, probably not during the great festival though.
2: I, they do a good job. There's, do they? <laughs> they do. Uh, There's reservations and they set up extra tables and they definitely prepare for it. So that's
0: good. I mean, it's it's great to be able to bring those people in too. So that's cool. Um, What about uh, obviously Roots is a little more. I don't want to say refined food, but it's you know they do local sourcing and stuff too. I'm assuming. Oh, definitely. With obviously with a farm on site. Absolutely. What about the you know more to go kind of foods that are interesting to you, if you have any, of course.
2: Um. Well, I think that. Probably as far as to-go style foods, Um, I recently went to the public market on a Wednesday and Mm. got to be a part of the first food truck, that rodeo thing that happened. It
0: was such a beautiful night, wasn't it? It was a
2: fantastic night, and the music was good, and it was a really good time. Um, And I think it's a really fun way for Rochester to be able to express itself. Um, We got to try uh, Thai frozen ice cream or fried ice cream or whatever it's called.
0: It was really interesting, so... As a brief description, um, so the Bento box opened a trailer essentially, and they're, um, they use the term fried because that's intense, whether it's heat or cold. And they're actually freezing ice cream to order, which is a crazy idea in a cart to begin with.
2: And the line was not super long. They pulled no, it off beautifully. They it did was a really awesome.
0: good job. It's kind of like if you ever watch Chopped or those kind of food competitions, kind of like an anti griddle where they're, they're fast freezing ice cream, and then rolling it up in these little tubes it's fascinating to watch, really cool and
2: fruity pebbles are involved, so you know it's going to yeah. be good. <laughs> yeah
0: absolutely yeah
2: and,
1: and that it, it's funny that Jamie mentions food trucks because prior to coming on, I was talking about. Uh, the Jazz Fest and, oh, yeah. and grabbing some quick food at, at all the uh, at all the food trucks there. I mean, I think food trucks is. Uh, I mean, for me, it's one of my favorites. Just grabbing some quick kind of to go food.
0: Yeah, which which ones have been your uh, your favorites so far? Uh, I mean, there's so many right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I really um, uh, I like I like uh, uh, brick and mortar. You know,
0: I loved them too. It was yeah. I, I think they're kind of I think I haven't seen them out. I don't think they're back this season. Um it was it was a really special place uh for a while and it was kind of my was my introduction to food trucks here in Rochester was Brick and Motor it was yeah. such a cool spot for a Yeah.
1: While. Yeah. they they um Yeah the, the, I mean the, their menu was was really diverse and and everything uh it didn't matter what you ordered you were confident that it was going to be great. Yeah and yeah. it's
0: it was one of those it, it was a true I mean for me I kinda look at it as an, almost a nostalgic thing at this point. It was kind of a special thing that we could say, Hey, we had a gourmet restaurant that was on the road. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the the one of the guys who was there, he's moved on to other things. He's over at next door right now. He's doing really good things over there. But it's uh, it's 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 one of those things I, I wish it was back. Yeah. But I'm happy that the people are moved on and working on other things too. Sure,
1: sure. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, outside to go food, Chris, if you haven't experienced the the Krebs
0: yet. No, you know what, that's another place. I was talking to somebody else and I was hearing just these unbelievable raves about it.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, Uh, fantastic. It's got to be, I mean, if you're really looking for an upscale dining experience, it's uh, proximity it's uh, it's it's the closest thing to rochester in terms of uh in my opinion uh uh the the, the most uh upscale dining experience that that you can have
0: really and where
1: yeah. where is it located oh it's it's in uh, Skinny atlas
0: i mean really not that far at all
1: no no it it's not at all uh it's it's like the next lake over yeah yeah so it's
0: <laughs> so it's upscale Pretty accessible still, or is, is this like old school service? And
1: uh, the, I the the uh, well, the 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 new owner had completely renovated the uh, the house. The, the Krebs is a long standing restaurant, it, it's, okay. It's a, I know it's very a, little about it, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a, it's a it's an historical uh, it, it's a historical restaurant, uh, it's been there for years. Uh, it, it was shuttered for a For a few years uh recently reopened and they did a phenomenal job of of putting it together i mean the uh the 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 look and the the feel of of the restaurant is is um it's it's i it's my dream restaurant i I want that restaurant yeah
0: (laughs) yeah it seems it seems like so i just popped up the menu um definitely seems like it's edging towards the fixed price you know the how do I pronounce? It? I always butcher it when I try to say I know how to spell it. Yeah, um, pre fee or whatever we yeah, want to say
1: the uh, pre fee menu. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they. they uh, I believe they offer a uh, tasting menu. The 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 pre fee me- menu just on the weekends. I I want to say it's Thursday through Sunday, maybe, and then just mm-hmm. during the week, it's just uh their their a la carte menu.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely you know it's it's definitely pricing on the higher side of things, but when you're ready for that sport, it sounds like one of those places that you have to go try.
1: Oh yeah, you 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 gotta take the wife, absolutely. <gasps> See
0: now she, yeah. now <laughs> she's gonna want to go for sure, yeah. and actually I'm kind of excited because you're not the first person that's told me it's been a um, dynamite experience and only what an hour, just over an hour away. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, in fact, uh, uh, Amanda and I are making plans to go again the summer oh beautiful yeah
0: no that's really cool yeah i'm always looking you know even though a lot of my my exploring of the food scene here i try to get towards the um undiscovered um the undiscovered family restaurants the uh different cultural places i'm there's something always fascinating to me about the fine dining stuff i don't edge to it that often but when i do my expectations are so high, and to hear that kind of high praise makes me actually legitimately excited to go try it. Because it's kind of a, it's kind of a loaded thing when you go out to a fine dining restaurant. You know, Jamie's nodding her head over there. It's you. You have certain expectations when you go to a fine dining place.
2: Absolutely, I think it's probably one of the greatest challenges of service at a fine dining restaurant is that for a lot of people who are in attendance, this is a very unique and exciting experience for them. Um, So making sure that you come through on your side of that is really important.
0: Yeah, because it's it's definitely more than just dining because people have emotions about it because either it's a splurge and it's, you know, it's it's cutting into a bigger percentage of what they're spending. So they feel that it has to be special, even though for you, it's just another day of service. So keeping that keeping that all up is kind kind of definitely a challenge.
2: I, I think it's one of the good parts though yeah. is you get to be a part of all of those big moments. You get to be a part of a big night out. Um for a a tired mom, that's a huge thing to be able to cater to her as she caters to everybody else. You sure. don't that's a, a big point of pride I would say for most of our servers is that they they like the people that they serve.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Now I want to go drop a lot of money on a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're edging towards the end of our uh, towards the end of our podcast. So um let's get some plugs out. So Jamie, why don't you give a plug for the restaurant?
2: For our restaurant? Yeah, absolutely. I shouldn't have been selected to go first for this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically I just think that um the shore is doing everything it can to make your experience there as good as it can be from food to service to the view. Um, they just want everybody to have a great night out.
0: Okay. And, um, so where can people find information on the shore, Brian?
1: So, uh, you, well, you, you can go to two places. Actually, you can go to the inn's website, which is, uh, the com. Okay. And then the shore has, uh, we, we, uh, we have our own website for the shore as well, which is, uh, the shore dot com.
0: Okay. Probably the easiest way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You guys on the social medias as well, or you just uh, yeah. sticking to the website? Oh, so absolutely. oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, we we're on Facebook, Twitter.
0: Okay, and I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure as the the weather's warming up, you guys are going to start getting more busy. So, if you want to want to go out and try the food at the shore, uh, try to get a reservation. Make sure you get your spot in there.
2: Absolutely, we utilize open table as well. So yeah, not, it's not as simple well- as a couple of some clicks
0: away. Yeah, not not very well used around Rochester yet. So it's uh I always like to see it because it uh definitely makes the diner's life a little bit easier. Yeah,
1: you know, especially this time of year, we, we highly recommend making reservations, uh especially if you're looking to, you know, sit out on the patio cuz those seats go quick.
0: Yeah, on a Friday night yeah. and you oh, sit yeah. on the patio, yeah, you definitely want a reservation. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, the um uh you you know the shore um uh again it's got it's got such a uh unique setting uh you we we're, we're the only ones situated right on the lake yeah it's um you know that there's there's some other places around us and and they've and i know that they 've got some obstructed views of the lake <laughs> uh but nobody but, wants uh, obstructed yeah. views come on now <laughs> but um um yeah the the uh the outdoor seating the patio at the shore is is we're right on the lake and and uh again on the property we uh we have uh another dining option the sandbar okay which um uh which is a which is a bit i'm gonna say casual mm-hmm. this is this is our kind of our uh seaside you you pull your boat up. We've, we've got, um, uh, we've got, uh, docking for the boats. Uh, I think our stretch is somewhere is between like 25 and 30 boats that, that can tie in.
0: Oh, that's pretty fantastic. Uh, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and generally the boaters are, are feeling a little, uh, casual, if you will, flip flops, maybe, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, t-shirts and, and, and the, uh, the sandbar is a great place to, to also be on the lake and and just really kind of soak it in. And, uh it, it's funny I have talked to uh, I've talked to a lot of people and and a lot of people have told me that the the inn on the lake just just the the shore and the sandbar is um you know for 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 those of us who who don't have a summer home on the lake like like you know we're their summer home on the lake. Yeah. It, it's a place where uh, they can come and hang out, and enjoy the lake, and, and really kind of soak it all in.
0: Yeah, and kind of transition if you want to go to the finer dining or if you want a little more casual. Kind of nice to get it all in the same spot. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. So I'm definitely looking forward to coming out and seeing you guys this summer and uh, seeing what the shore is all about. So give my plug. Um, I'm at Stromey on Twitter or Instagram, where you can find me, Food About Town, on Facebook or on the website, foodabouttown.com. So, um, Brian, Jamie, thanks for coming over. Thanks for yeah, having us. Yeah, thanks for Appreciate having us, Appreciate your time, and uh, good luck. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you on the lake.
0: Sounds good.